When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 3, Episode 8, Chapter, titled... Ravon. Ravon. It sounds like Ray Vaughn, like Stevie Ravon. It's very confusing to me, like Ravon. It doesn't sound like two separate words. That's because you were never a raver. You're welcome. Um, so, it's, it's, uh, we gotta get a move on. It's late Sunday. <laughs> It's not that late. It's like one o'clock. It's pretty late for podcast time. It is. Yep. Uh, it's been a week weekend. It's been something. I, real quick, I went to a psychiatrist to get stuff for anxiety to try to like work this whole situation out. I almost said sitch. I was like, I don't know. That's not it's really the medication. Me. That's not me. That's medication. Um, and then I took it. I took the the medication Friday night, and I'm not going to put the medication on blast because it might help some people. It was not good for me. I took it at like nine o'clock Friday evening, and I'm still here on Sunday at like one o'clock feeling the effects. But it he com- was a zombie yesterday. It completely took away my Saturday. Like I couldn't function. I couldn't get out of bed. And then when I did, even like my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. I just couldn't. It wasn't. It was bad. So. Gonna have to make a phone call on Monday. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All of that is true. That happened. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Anything I mean, else we've been doing? I feel like yes. I watched the final season of Anne with an E this weekend. Uh huh. Oh, it was amazing. Anne of Green Gables is my favorite story ever since I was very very young, and Anne with an E was a very special series because it brought. Like that story to a whole bunch of people who had never even heard of Anne of Green Gables, which was like bonkers to me that there were people that had never heard of Anne of Green Gables. But um, like I have a friend who genuinely was like, oh, I love Anne with an E. And I'm like, oh, have you ever watched like the old miniseries or have you ever read the books? And they're like, what? There's books. There's an old miniseries. I'm like, it's Anne of Green Gables. And they're like, what's Anne of Green Gables? What? What? It's crazy. But. Anne with an E, season three, was beautiful. And they dealt with things very fast, but like everything that's wrong in the world, they touch base on. And I, it was an emotional whirlwind on top what? of, I don't know, I'm having trouble. It's the medication. That's fine. Yep. Um, yeah, it was very emotional. It was very good. But also, my Christmas present from Olin finally came. My barbell set. And I did my first body pump of 2020 in my living room with a barbell set instead of a dumbbell set. And it was amazing. And I'm very sore today, but it was so good. So thank you for my barbell set. <laughs> she waited till live on the podcast to say that. Nuh-uh. Um, I said thank you before that. Did you just say nuh-uh? Yeah. Um, so our lives are super interesting, I guess, for you guys. <laughs> and in case you didn't see the tweet, we also saw Knives Out last week, and it was amazing. We did see Knives Out, but we were supposed to talk about it last week, and we didn't because we forget things. It's the medication. Um, but we did not forget to watch Boy Meets World. We could never. We could never. We watched it Friday night, and I barely remembered it because it was post-medication. Yeah. Uh, so good thing we watched it again this morning. To refresh. Yep. Uh, Blur me up. Okay. So the season three, episode eight, Rave On blurb is, Sean convinces Corey to invest in cases of rave hairspray to sell for double the price at school. But when the student body goes bald, Corey is left to deal with the consequences. Like, that's so made up. It's ridiculous. Like, it's so off. Like, none of that stuff, like, even come close to happen. Happening. Did that stuff even come close to happen? (laughs) I still don't feel great. (laughs) Yesterday, I couldn't form sentences. At least today, I'm forming sentences. That's very true. Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Uh, Nope, that's us. Boy Meets World, Season 3, Episode 8, Rave On, is directed by David Trainer. Megan Trainer's grandpa is back for Season 3. I'm so glad. This is his first episode this season. Uh, I thought he was done after Season 2, but I guess he came back on a guest stint. That or they... 
did this episode last year? No, they didn't. The kids were too big for that. Yeah, um, it's possible that certain people only want to work with him. Like, I don't know, Mickey Dolan's was like, I'm not going to do an episode of Boy Meets World if it's not by Megan Trainer's grandpa. Maybe David Trainer is friends with the monkeys. That is very possible. Someone is. And it was written by Jeff Sherman. I don't know if he's written any episodes this season, but I know he wrote some last season. So I feel like he did at the beginning of this season. He might have. You know. Or maybe like two episodes ago. I, I feel like. Maybe he wrote the the Christmas Carol episode. Oh, yeah. Um, But, Classroom or Not Tanya, where do we start? Do we start in the classroom? No, we start in the hallway. Boo. Well, that's what they say when Feeney comes down the stairs. Boo. And pulls down a sign. That says? Illegal rave. That's all I remember. <laughs> it, says, <laughs> it says illegal rave this Friday. Uh, it says illegal rave on the banner. Who could be dumb enough to make that banner? We'll find out shortly. Um, but Mr. Feeney walks by. Did you say will? We'll find out shortly? Maybe. Did I? I think so. It's funny because Will did it. Will Friedel did it. It was Will Friedel because <laughs> he's Eric. Sean says, Mr. Feeney, this is why you're so unpopular. Mr. Feeney says, it's okay. It's lonely at the top, but at least I save money on call waiting. I thought it was funny. Mr. Feeney was very funny this episode. In fact, in general, this episode was very good on the sarcasm, which is my shit. Yeah, it was th- it was very funny, and it was also a very, um, like, Corey's stuff in it was, like, perfect mm-hmm. for him, and it was a joy to watch. But. It was very funny. So much happens. So, then, Corey goes... What is a rave? And Mr. Feeney goes, It's a rowdy underground party. Get hip, Mr. Matthews. And so he's left standing there like perturbed and Topanga comes over and Corey's like, Topanga, do you think I'm hip? And she's like, of course. Oh, you left your earmuffs at my house and like hands him these little kid earmuffs. And walks away and and Sean goes... Hey, Corey, where's the rave going to be? Like, this is going to be the party of the year. Where's it going to be? And he goes, why would I know where it's going to be? And Sean says, oh, because your brother is throwing the party? And Corey runs over to Eric and he's like... Well, he also says, how would I know that? He hasn't talked to me since I was like five. It's true. So he runs over to Eric and he's like, Eric, my brother, what's going on? Like, can you tell me about this rave? And Eric's just kind of like, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. Uh, I don't want you to ruin it. The worst thing that could happen is if mom and dad find out. And Corey goes, yeah, how would mom and dad find out anyway? And Eric goes, you're in. But you can't tell anybody. And Corey turns around. Well, and he's like, oh, of course not. Of course, I'm not going to tell anybody. And he turns around. He's like, Sean, Sean, the rave. And Eric just like puts his hand over his mouth. And smothers him. To death. To he death. Died. Uh, so we cut there though. We go to the living room. We go to the living room. And of, of the Matthews residence, of course. Mm-hmm. And Corey, um, runs in. He has booked Chubbies for the rave. He comes in and he's like, uh, Chubby's on board. And Eric was like, oh, so he said we could do the rave there. And so, Corey's like, no, he's on board a ship. So this means, um, Eric didn't have anything planned at all. For the rave. So we'll find out more about other stuff that he didn't plan. But like he didn't even plan the rave that he was advertising. Maybe he waits until the last minute and hopes that things just fall into place. Yeah. When you got a brother like Corey, maybe it does. When you've got a wife like Tanya, it certainly does too. So. You are something this week. Well, I I found myself like feeling very kindred to Corey this episode very often. Okay. I really did. Because you're so unhip? Yeah, because um, that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I am Corey in this episode. And she's like, oh yeah, you're totally hip. Here's your earmuffs. Well, then take it away, Corey. Um, so uh, after the whole like Chubbies is booked, blah, 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 the door opens and in comes Jedediah, Topanga's dad, who is, of course... As we noticed in a past episode, played by one of the monkeys. Which one, Corey? Uh, Monkey Peter. Peter Tork. I don't care about his last name. I used to watch the monkeys like 
marathons religiously, I never knew their last names ever. The only reason I know Mickey Dolan's is because it's very easy and fun to say. But Monkey Peter is Jedediah. And he comes in and Corey's like, um, what is Topanga's last name? I don't know, Corey. (laughs) Why don't you tell me? Lawrence. Lawrence. He's like, oh, come in, Mr. Lawrence. He's like, please, Corey, Jedediah. And um, Corey's like, I'm sorry. It's very difficult to call my girlfriend's father Jedediah. Uh, even if it's or it's and it's not because I don't like saying Jedediah or something like that and but he's brought in a guitar um and Amy comes in wearing the best outfit I've ever seen in my life and I want this outfit very bad it is a chambray short sleeve shirt tucked into high-waisted maroon slacks and it is a good look and that was Tanya's fashion corner Amy looks great in this episode um And not that she doesn't usually, but like her outfits are just amazing. But so she comes in the living room and she's like, oh, thank you, Jedediah. Let me see what you've got there. And he opens up this guitar case and it's like an unfinished guitar. And she's like, um, I did tell you that our anniversary is tomorrow. Right. And he's like, yeah, I just spent too much time on the case. And she's like, all right, boys, excuse us. We have to go discuss something in the kitchen. And like off they go into the kitchen. And right after that, the door opens and it's Alan and Gordy um, bringing in a jacuzzi tub. They bring in the, the jacuzzi tub and... Um, well, Gordy is Mickey Dolan's monkey, monkey Mickey. They're carrying in a hot tub and, and Alan and they, they, they're kind of discussing the, that this is for the big 20th anniversary. This is, this is a big one. This is for, for Amy and Alan's 20th anniversary and Corey and, and Eric are talking and Eric is like, wow, the 20th anniversary. And Corey goes, yeah, how did you not think about the fact that you were planning a rave on our parents' 20th anniversary. And Eric says, Corey, I think you misunderstand. I don't remember mom and dad's anniversary. And Corey, like, hits him over the head. And Corey says, we got we to gotta cancel. And Eric goes, you can't cancel an anniversary, Corey. And Corey goes, no, the rave. And Eric is staunchly against that. Um, but this is when the doorbell rings. And this is right as Alden, in in the moment on Friday night watching this episode, said, man, the only thing that would make this any better is if Davy Jones showed up. Doorbell rings. Bing bong. It's Davy Jones of the monkey, sorry, monkey Davy, apparently. And Corey's like, who are you? And he goes, I'm Reg, Reginald Fairfield. And he goes, I'm an old friend of your mother's or your parents. Yeah. And Amy walks in and she goes, um, who are you? And Corey goes, it's Reg, Reginald Fairfield. Well, he like literally does it exactly the same way as Davy Jones. And it is just fantastic. If you weren't watching, which I wasn't the second time, uh, it sounded the exact same. I thought that it was until I remembered, wait, 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 wait that was Corey. Yeah, because he's amazing. He's such a good actor. Um, so he follows them. He follows Amy into the kitchen where he's talking about how, like, we're old friends, whatever. I, I, I helped you backpack through Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, that was 20 years ago. And at this point, Alan has come down, right? Yeah, in the a- kitchen, yeah. Um, Alan has come down, and he's like, uh, who are you again? And he's like, and they do the whole Reginald Fa- Fairfield thing again. He's like, oh, yeah, like, backpacking through Europe. And he's like, I helped you or I led you backpacking through Europe. And Alan's like, you followed us through Europe. And Amy's like, is this where Amy's like, oh, how long are you planning on staying? No, during during this whole thing is when, while they're having this conversation, Corey's, because Reginald says, don't you remember, I helped you guys through Europe. And Alan says, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So Reginald Davy Jones says... Oh, I have pictures. Let's look at the pictures. And he pulls out the photo book and they're going through the pictures and trying to remember this, this, this. And remember, this is when. And Corey looks at the pictures and goes, ooh, who's that babe in the wet T-shirt? And then he goes, 
He looks up at Amy and he goes, oh my God, because it's her. And then Amy says, so, so Reg, how long were you planning on staying? And he said, well, you know, as long as you'll have me. And Alan goes, he said, as long as I'm welcome. Yeah. And Alan goes, you hear that, hun? He left 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, That's about when Eric comes through the kitchen and he's on the phone and he's like going off about, oh, yeah, the party. It's at 815. Why would I know any? As he notices Amy's in the kitchen. He's like, why would I know anything about a party? Don't call here anymore. And like hangs up. It's a secret party. And then Amy gets up and she walks out. And uh, and Corey is like, you are such an idiot. Mom heard everything. And Eric was like, she doesn't know anything. It's fine. And Corey's just like, I don't even understand what is wrong with you. So he follows where Amy went. And it, it shows the living room where Amy's whispering to Alan. Um, Alan, the, the boys are planning a surprise party for tomorrow night for us. And Corey's watching this whole thing happen. So Corey... Didn't go talk to Eric right here. He waits until they go to Chubby's. Right. Because Eric is supposed to, like, put a deposit down for the venue, for the rave. And so Corey's like, hey, so mom thinks that, or mom knows about the party, but she thinks it's an anniversary party for them. And Eric is like, okay. And he's like, so we need to turn this into an anniversary party for them. We're going to have to cancel the rave. We we got to we got to get rid of everybody who's supposed to come and get a bunch of people for mom and dad's party. Um and then it immediately cuts to the hall. Like the cuts in this this scene were fast and furious. It it's true. Writing stuff down was difficult. I can't imagine being Alden who writes like pages and pages of notes because I write just like little snippets of things and he writes like the whole show in detail. But um we're in the hallway and Topanga is talking Topanga and Sean are talking to Corey about things that they have done to help with the party. Um, Corey, or... Well, first it shows Corey on the phone. Like oh, he's, yeah. He's on the payphone, and he's like, Aunt Linda? No. Lisa? Aunt Lisa? An aunt. He's on aunt. the phone with one of his aunts. And he's like, come aunt. on, Aunt Lisa. I just made it up because I don't remember. Um, don't, do you have a heart or something like that? Don't you have a heart? And he goes, oh, well, I hope the... Donor I hope the donor through. comes through. And then he walks over to Corey, I mean, to Topanga to, to and Sean. Um, and Topanga's like, okay, I found a band. They're like 30-somethings, whatever, but they should be able to play your parents' song. And Sean's like, and I found someone to jump out of a cake. And Corey's like, why would I want that? And he was like, hey, like, it was $6. And he was like, you paid someone $6 to jump out of a cake? He's like, no. They paid me. So that was weird. So then he runs over to Mr. Or Corey runs over to Mr. Turner and he's like, oh, Mr. Because he says, we need more adults. We need more adults. And he runs over to Mr. Turner and he says, Mr. Turner, you're you're like family kind of, right? Um, and Mr. Turner goes, why don't any of you guys ever just ask anything, do you? And Corey goes, that's eh, just not our way. <laughs> it's true. It is it not is. a teenager's way to ever just ask anything. It's true. That is the most accurate thing I've ever seen on television. So he invites Mr. Turner to the party for his parents. And Mr. Turner says, sure, when is it? And he says, six o'clock tonight. Don't wear jeans. Come on. Did you notice that he said six to yes. Mr. Turner? Yes. And then he tells right after that. He tells Mr. Mr. Feeney comes over and he's like, Mr. Feeney, what are you doing tonight? And Mr. Feeney goes, oh, I'm hanging out at the mall with Sean Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Again, the sarcasm was just fantastic. And Corey's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, You're coming to my parents' anniversary party tonight at 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, yes. At 8 o'clock. Yeah. These two separate times are a very important piece to remember. And... They're, while they're standing there talking, in comes Reg, Reginald Fairfield. And, and he's Corey, like, Feeney, there you are. And Mr. Feeney says, why are you here? And he says, you invited me, remember? And he says, no. I, saw, I said, um, what did he say? I saw you over the fence and I said, good morning. Are you staying with the Matthews? And uh, Reginald is like, and here I am. Yeah. Um. So... 
after that they go uh Mr. Feeney's like I have a million classes to teach and uh Reggie's like well I'm gonna sit in on them and they're all annoyed and everything and then after that Corey turns around and Eric comes in with balloons he's like okay well it was hard usually it takes two days to get this but I used my charms and got 300 of these babies printed out and um Corey grabs like grabs the balloons and he looks at it and he goes happy 20th anniversary amy and ellen and he gets very frustrated and is like you need to go get your money back and eric's like oh i have to do everything and Corey grabs the balloons runs out and he's like i will just do it myself and man that was a tanya move that was very much a tanya move um so he walks away uh and and then you see two girls walk over to the canceled rave sign and they're like oh who the guy who started this just couldn't handle it he didn't have any guts god i just hope that one day i see him i I meet a guy with guts in this school and eric's like freaking out and he yells after them maybe he had to have something he had to wanted to have a special night for his mommy and daddy which was weird but not as weird as the fact that they put these rave posters all over the school yeah and now it's like a carnival that was canceled. There's like a big canceled, like printed canceled site. It doesn't even, it's not like a piece of tape with yeah. Sharpie written canceled. It's like they went to a printer and got a strip of these stickers made that say canceled. Well, yeah. But be- like these rave signs are all over the because school. Because we've seen in previous episodes, this is 1995, 96 maybe at this point. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't just print uh, high quality posters at home. Now you kind of can. But... We saw when when they printed out that banner that was printed on that old right. old style printer with the awful graphics. Like that's what you would have printed if you printed it at home. Right. So yeah, they went somewhere, spent real money for real posters. Eric is definitely rolling in the dough somehow because he's getting all this stuff printed but also paying for this rave. Very very poorly selective on what he spends his money on. But it's all over the school. And aren't raves generally like something that a, a police force would be like, uh, I'm we're going to break this up. They're, um, it, they're called illegal for a reason. I mean, he wrote illegal on it. Yeah. But I mean, there are legal raves, raves. are drug parties. There are legal raves. I was very surprised that Corey was in on a drug party. There are very there are legal raves that don't have drugs and all. Yeah. That stuff. For like 10 year olds in clubs. I mean. But the fact that they put illegal rave on it probably would raise the suspicion of law enforcement. The fact that they were advertising a rave all over the school should make all of the students go, eh, not going to that one. It's true. It's Why wouldn't any of these kids think, this is a bust. This is a police officer. It's like yeah. the, the, the Steve Buscemi meme where he's walking and he's like, hello, fellow kids. Mm-hmm. Like, they needed to look around and find Steve Buscemi. Yes. But... Anyway. Are we at Chubby's now? We are at Chubby's. It's outside Chubby's. And it is nighttime. Yeah. Sean and Topanga and Corey are walking through the gate and they're carrying the cake and all of that. And Topanga's like, I cannot believe you pulled this off, Corey. In 24 hours, you changed this into an anniversary party for your parents. Like, it's very impressive. Yes, it is. Corey is a gem. He is an angel. And he gets shit on way too much for someone who has... The scruples that he has. Well, it's crazy that he was able to put able to put all this together, and he put it all together in spite of Eric and not with Eric's help. You know, um, Eric has never helped anyone a day in his life. Why would he? Why would he have needed Eric's help to do this? It would have been nice. Yes, but Corey's been doing stuff without Eric's help forever. But uh, so they come through, and Corey's like, "Yeah, now I just you know I hope everybody comes." And they look and they're just like flabbergasted because there's a line of people that are like, you know, like you're like token 90s rough looking people like mohawks and crazy clothes and stuff. And they're like lined up at Chubby's and Frankie is bouncing at the door. So he's asking for ten dollars ahead. And he, they, Corey sees Eric and he's like, Eric, what in the world? We, we talked about this. We weren't, we weren't doing this. And Eric goes, no, no, no. I figured it out. We're going to throw both parties at the same time. Mom and dad will think that all these people are here for them. And Corey's like, what kind of idiot are you? And then it cuts over. They walk over to Frankie and Frankie goes, 
<laughs> there's an older lady, a, a short older lady standing in front of him, and he goes, 10 buck cover charge, that means you, Grandma. And Corey goes, no, 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 that's that Frankie, that's Aunt Liz. And he goes, okay, 10 buck cover charge, that means you, Aunt Liz. Yeah, uh, Frankie was adorable this episode in his, like, brevity, but he was just amazing. Yeah. Love Frankie. So Corey is like, okay, all right, Frankie, from here on out, nobody gets in unless they're on this list. And he hands him a piece of paper with a bunch of names on it. And then he goes, okay, I'm going in there. And Frankie goes, hey, what's your name? And starts looking at the list. And Corey's like, just let me, come on, I got to get through, Frankie. And he walks through. Right. Um, he goes down the stairs and there's just like tons of people. And he's like, we've got to get all these people out of here. And it is way too late. And it's way too late. He was like, we've got to get all these people out of here before mom and dad get here. And then Mickey Dolans comes down the stairs. He's like, your parents are here. Well, this is also where Corey runs into Eric because he's like, Eric, we have to do something about this. And Eric is like, no, look, this is already a huge success. I mean, look at this. This is Wanda. Wanda, the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. She doesn't even go to our school. This thing is huge. She found out, out about this somewhere else. And Corey's like, no, we have to do something. And that's when Mickey Dolan's Mickey Monkey runs down the stairs <laughs> and <Monkey>. says, <laughs> your parents are here. And Corey's like, well, we're screwed. So Corey says they have to do something about it. And he gets up on the stage mm-hmm. and he makes an announcement. He's in a suit, by the way. He looks like he's going to church. And it was too big for him, for sure. Yes. Um, and he makes this announcement. He's like, okay, is everybody ready to party? And they're like, yeah. So we're going to do something wacky this this party. He's you guys like, ready? And they're like, We have yeah. a theme tonight. And he says, it's a theme. We're going to pretend like it's a wedding anniversary. And they're like, boo. <laughs> and he says, okay, so the next two people that come down the stairs, you're going to say, surprise. Okay, is everybody with me? And they seem pretty with him. So he goes, all right, turn the lights off. And they turn the lights off. And down walk two people. And everyone yells, surprise! And the lights come on, and it's Mr. Turner and Mr. Feeney, who were told two separate times to come to the party. And Mr. Feeney says, uh, this is why I don't come here. <laughs> um. So then they get told that uh, Amy and Alan have been stopped at the door by Frankie because mm-hmm. they're not on the list. Not on the list. It's a surprise party list. It's not a, these are the people that are worth throwing the party for list. So Mr. Feeney, I mean, not Mr. Feeney. Mr. Turner set, tells them that that their parents are there, but they're being stopped by Frankie. I'm just saying Frankie's doing the right thing. Yeah. He's doing exactly what he was told to do. Yes. So Corey runs up the stairs and he's like, Frankie, what are you doing? This is their part. No. They're talking to Frankie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's Corey and Eric both run out, don't they? Yeah, but Amy and Alan are talking to Frankie, and Amy says, no, you don't understand. We, we, we aren't on the list because it's our surprise party. And Frankie goes, if it's your surprise party, then how do you know about it, huh? <laughs> um, so then Eric and Corey like, run out the door, and they're like, hey, just let him in. And they're like, he's, uh, he's like, they're not on the list. And he's... and. Corey says, I don't care, let them in. And Frankie says, but you said. And Corey goes, forget everything I said. And Frankie goes, okay, everybody in. Um, And in a whirlwind that twists Amy around in circles, a whole bunch of people run into Chubby's because he's been keeping all of the hooligans out. Hooligans. So um, Amy and Alan are like, okay, so... And Corey goes, yeah, um... And Alan goes, we, we know what's going on here. And Corey goes, yeah, um, about that. And Eric goes, yeah, uh, wow, we can't get anything over on you guys, can we? Yeah. Go downstairs to your party. And they go down the stairs and Alan goes, who are these people? That's a Seinfeld bit. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he does that. He does and, do that. Um, they're very frustrated. And Eric is like, no, no, no. Doesn't family mean anything to you? These are all family. You remember, you see those kids over there? Remember remember that big blowout you had with Uncle Bill? I don't remember who it was. I don't remember either. But uh, that's, you know, that's that's his kids. And Alan's like, oh, okay. And he, I guess he believes him because um, he walks over to them and puts his arm around these two, like, party goers 
and he's like, hey, uh, you know, that, that stuff with your dad, I'm, I'm real sorry about that. Uh, you know, so, you know, sometimes adults, they have arguments and you don't, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? And they like shake their heads and he's like, I'm making you really uncomfortable, aren't I? And they nod their heads and he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go. <laughs> Um, and then we pan over to Topanga, like who's yelling at Frankie because of the band. Well, yeah, because no, this is a little bit later. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Feeney says, wow, sure is a lot of people. It's, it's quite the rave, isn't it, Mr. Matthews? And Corey goes, oh, you know, you're not, you're not going to tell my parents, are you, Mr. Feeney? Like they don't know what's going on. The signs have been all over Mr. Feeney's school that he runs for a week. Yeah, but Mr. Feeney says, no, I won't tell them so long as you keep the guy with the neon mohawk away from me. Don't let him touch me. Um, so that's when uh, you see Frankie talking to Amy again. <laughs> and he walks over to her and he goes, hey, since it's your anniversary, I thought I would do something nice for you. Here's Here you go. And he hands her a watch and she goes, that's... That's my watch. And he goes, yeah, that's how I knew you'd like it. I would just like to say that Amy did not seem upset by this at all. She was just like, oh, how nice it's my watch. <laughs> because it's Frankie. And I can't imagine anyone looking at Frankie like, I can't believe you took my watch. Yeah. So she was fine with it. She was, because she was like, well, he's a sweet kid, I guess. He yeah. doesn't realize what he's doing. Yeah. So then it cuts over to to Corey and Eric talking about it and Corey's like you know what Eric this just might work and Eric's like yeah and you know what the best part is and Alan goes they didn't even expect a thing right or their parents never found out or something like that yeah and Eric's like yeah well wait wait dad and um Amy and Alan go to walk out and Eric and Corey follow and Eric's like, come on, come on, I, I can explain, I can I can explain what happened. And he says, I just, you know what, we, we just really, I really wanted a night where I could feel like I was important. And Amy goes, yeah, we did too. Yeah, Eric is really the worst in this episode in a way that he's just normally, he's like, eh, whatever. Like, he's just the comic relief in this episode. I could not stand him. Yeah, so after Amy says that, she turns on her heels and walks back into the party. Um, and Is this where we see Topanga getting mad at Frankie? Yeah, because Alan says, oh, your mom went to go gather up all the people. I need to go down there, too. Maybe we can have dinner at our house. And Corey and, and Eric share a little minute where they talk about how they ruined their night or something. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was just Corey telling Eric that he sucks. Yeah, and then it goes down to Amy, I'm not Amy. Then it goes down to Topanga. Who is beating up poor sweet Frankie. I mean, because, she is like wailing on him. Because, because Corey said, well, where's the band? I know how we can fix this. Where's the band? And to, uh, Topanga says... Frankie wouldn't let them in. They weren't right. on the list. And so she's beating she up Frankie. Out. And poor thing, he is taking it. And Jedediah comes over and is like... Tippy, have you been eating meat? <laughs> and she says, no. And she explains the whole plot of the show, basically. No, Frankie kicked out the band and they were going to play a song for Corey and, and Eric's parents from their wedding anniversary. And, and then she goes, and I might have eaten a meatball. Yeah. And um, Monkey Mickey, no, Monkey no. Peter. Monkey Peter. Peter Monkey says, oh, well, I can play. Because he has brought in the guitar that Amy was giving to Alan for their anniversary. Right. So he goes up on the stage, and that's when Mickey, Monkey Mickey. Mickey Monkey. Mickey Monkey. Uh, is like, oh, yeah, I can I can do something, too. And then Reggie's just like, wait for me, guys. Oh, because Corey had asked Monkey Mickey, um, he said, you were the best man at my parents' wedding. What song did they dance to? And he said it was My Girl. And he, so they get up to play My Girl. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, I don't I don't remember the words. Uh, I kind of remember the background vocals. Do you remember the words? And he goes, no, I don't remember the words either. And that's when Monkey, Monkey Davey jumps up on stage and is like, oh, hi, guys, I can help. <laughs> He's such a little guy compared to the other two. I never 
I don't think I ever noticed that when I was a kid, but he is like this, I don't know. He's tiny. He's a tiny little guy and they're um, tall and Mickey's kind of like rough. Mm-hmm. Like even his voice is kind of rough and very much like like a Pete Daltrey he, voice. He definitely seemed like the rough and tough guy of the group. Yeah. Um, but they start... Even now at this point. So... The, the monkey was the monkeys was four people you yes. know yes we are missing mike mikey right was that his was name mikey michael I, I mean i think they called him mikey in the show okay i don't remember i just i looked up what why there wasn't the fourth monkey it turns out he would just had uh he didn't want to be on camera he was afraid of being on camera Aww. he was there he was watching the whole thing are you serious yeah so he was at what if he was sitting at the table with the I don't, other guy? I don't think he was on the camera at all. That was the wow. point. Yeah, so he, he was there with them. That he, is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. He refused to be on the show, but was there for moral support for the whole for the rest of the group. My heart just exploded. Yeah. It's so sweet. I'm so glad you had that tidbit of information. Thanks. We have one every few episodes. <laughs> uh, so Amy and Alan are about to walk out. Like, they're about to walk up the stairs to Chubby's, which um, I don't know if you noticed this. We see a lot of the entrance to Chubby's this time, and there's a sign that says, like, Chubby's is downstairs, which I thought was cool. Because mm. we're like, where even is Chubby's? Like, they walk down into this basement. Yeah. Um, but then you hear, boom. Boom, 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 boom. It's that was very good. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and uh, Amy and Alan turn to each other and they're like, "What's going on?" And then you hear Mickey, and uh, not Mickey. I keep saying Mickey. You just like see that's what I'm saying. Well, Mickey's the reason my... why we remember Mickey is because Mickey Dolan's is the easy, the most fun name to say. He's also my favorite monkey. Like. I thought he was my favorite guy. Mickey the favorite monkey. He also, like, in this episode was my favorite part, and I'll get to that in a second. But they turn around, and um, Davy Jones starts singing, I got sunshine. He's got the voice of a songbird. Oh, yeah. No, he's one of the, just a fantastic voice. They they all do. I loved uh, the monkeys. Loved. uh. Loved uh, the monkeys. I never... I grew up thinking that it was always either or. You couldn't love the monkeys and the Beatles. You I, couldn't love the Who and the Beatles. Like, I think that that was pretty normal for that time. Not for our time period. That's crazy for a child in the 90s to think. Look, but in the <laughs> I'm six, an old soul. In the 60s and 70s, that was absolutely true. If you read any books um, about that time and, and those musicians, because I was a huge Beatles fan, but I also loved the monkeys and I loved the Who um, and the Rolling Stones, too, all... And the Beach Boys. So mm-hmm. all of those bands kind of had their spots where you had to pick one or right. the other. You had to be uh, a monk, uh, a Beatles or a, um, uh, a Beach Boys fan uh, or a Beatles or Rolling Stones fan. The Monkees were really just exclusively Monkees or Beatles because the Monkees right. didn't write their own music. The Monkees were a, a, were a prefabricated group. They right. were put together to be popular and sing songs that other people wrote. But for all of the like pop music fans... They gravitated towards the monkeys because it was more pure pop music. Mm-hmm. And then the Beatles were more rock and roll, kind of doing their own thing, doing drugs and being experimental. Yeah, so, I had a friend back when I was, it was like my early 20s, and we would talk about like this band versus this band. And he was another one that was very much like an old soul. And he watched and listened to a lot of old TV and old music. And um, he would say, like, I love the Rolling Stones, and I'd be like, I love the Who, like they are my favorite band on earth. And he would be like, Oh, we can't be friends. He'd be like, I love the Beatles. I mean, he loved the Beatles, and mm-hmm. I was like, but I love the Monkees. He's like, Are you even a person? <laughs> like, and it's crazy because I mean, we have that kind of stuff now too, for sure. But um, these were all kind of sounds and music that just didn't exist before that. Um, I mean, and there was old school rock and roll and there were, where there were a lot of underground artists that weren't bigger and usually because of race issues, you know, um, only the white artists were as mm-hmm. big as they were, which is a shame. But, um, but these were all sounds that were new and, and original and you had to pick one that you stuck with that was like your team. It's like, like yeah. nowadays where you're picking a sports team or you're picking a political party where you're just saying, no, this is the only thing I'm allowed to like, which sucks because these groups were all doing things that couldn't be replicated because they were 
the first of their kind. The first. And I've said it before, like as a musician at heart, um, it's crazy to me to look back at all of the, the melodies and sounds the Beatles specifically were able to create and transverse because they were the first ones to do it. Like, mm-hmm. And it's just nuts to me that up until that point, none of that had existed. And now all of a sudden, so many, I mean, even 50, 60 years later, people are doing the same stuff the Beatles did. Right. Well, I think, you know, the Beatles, I think as an adult, I realized the Beatles sort of transcend all of the other yeah. groups because they almost created like a landscape in your brain with their music. They developed stories and places and stuff that weren't even just from the words. It was from the actual musical part of it. Um, and I love that. And I love that about The Who, too, is that they took it to a different creative level than other bands. So now as an adult, I'm like, I if I had known all of that, I probably would have picked the Beatles over the monkeys. As a kid, I just thought they were adorable and fun and their music was very pure and innocent. Yeah, as a kid, I I picked the Beatles. Bar none. We're on opposite teams. We were. Go figure. But as an as I grew I mean as a teenager, I saw where the Beatles branched off into the Beach Boys, and I love the Beach Boys. And then I see you can see where the Beatles branch off into the Rolling Stones and the Who, and it's all these separate branches that all kind of come back to where the Beatles were, mm-hmm. in in my opinion. And then mm-hmm. you see Black Sabbath branches off of that and t- informs metal. Like it's crazy. Yeah. We just turned into a music podcast for a second, and let's, I'm really sorry. Let's take it back to Boy Meets World. I love talking about that era of music. Music. <laughs> so anyway, my girls playing on the stage. It, it is not yes. my girl, but yeah, my I, girl. I would. I can't play on stage. So everybody's dancing. It's very sweet, and Eric is dancing with the tall blonde that he's just like in love with now. And they come dancing up Wanda. next to Amy and Alan, and they're like, "Oh, Eric, this is actually really nice." And Eric's like, "Yeah, it really brings people together. Like, I'd like you to meet." The person I want to spend the rest of my life with. And Amy goes, yeah, Wanda, we've met. She's your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, whoa, and he runs off. He does the same face. Oh, we didn't even mention that. So back when they were in the kitchen looking, oh, at, the pic- yeah. looking at the pictures, um, after Corey had his moment where he saw Amy in the shirt, wet shirt or whatever, and freaks out, Eric goes, hey, who's the babe in that sexy tank top? And Corey goes, oh, that's mom. (laughs) So Eric goes and runs off. And he does the same thing here when he finds out that Wanda is his cousin that he's been dancing with. Poor Eric. He'll never get married because all the hot people are part of his family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then they start singing another song. Mm -hmm. And Frankie walks over to where Alan and Amy are dancing. And just cuts in. He just like points at Alan and like gives him the like thumb out of here. Like, get out of here. Thumb. And Alan just like walks off. And this song is a very Mickey heavy song and it's amazing. I love his voice so much. It is. And and Frankie's dancing with Amy like doing the like the shimmy kind of thing he's doing. It's like the Charlie Brown dance. It is kind of. He does look like a Charlie Brown character. Uh Just in general. Frankie kind of seems like a like he could be a Charlie Brown character except Mm -hmm. up until about a year ago when he got ripped. We are going to talk about that soon. Are we? Yes. Um, So it's important. Okay, but this is the point where during this song, they're singing, um, damn it, I should have written remember. it down. It, they, they're singing a song that's a little more bluesy, mm-hmm. and Mickey, at some point, like they each sing a line, Mickey sings a line, and then Davey sings a line, and then Peter sings a line, and then Mickey just like gets all like rock and roll bluesy voice out of nowhere, and I was like, damn, Mickey, that yeah, is it's good. so good. His voice was so good. Let me tell you a little bit about blues. <laughs> no, like, no, that voice is, that type of voice is one of my favorite things in the entire world. It's why I love The Who. Like, yeah. I love that voice. It's It was so good. Yeah, it was very good. But. um, So the dancing is happening and Corey and Eric are talking off in a corner about how, like, well, we pulled it off. We did it. Um, also, Corey has given all of the credit to the song being done. To Eric. Yeah, he says, well, you can thank Eric for that. And and 
during this whole thing, at almost no point does Eric ever say, there is one point where he says, you can blame me, you know, this is my fault. But he never really takes the blame for it. But it's, now he's taking the credit for it. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really say anything, but he doesn't counteract Corey's, this is all Eric's job. Eric did all this for you guys. Corey I don't, is an angel. I don't know why. Why does he do that? He doesn't. He doesn't have to give the credit to Eric here. He no, also. These he doesn't, are just what his scruples are. But like he, he ha- He's a moralistically, like he give. He has really high morals. He has set this standard for himself. But he could have just not said anything. He didn't have to take the credit. He didn't. He didn't want Eric to get in as much trouble as Eric would have gotten into. Mm. I think they know the situation well enough to know. Like, their parents know that Corey was not the one who brought all of the ravers in. True. Like, he was trying to make sure that Eric also didn't get in as much trouble as he should have. Yeah. I guess it worked. Yeah. Because now they're like, because we're really lucky. Yeah. But no, it's because Corey stayed up for 24 hours making sure that they had a good party. It's true. No, that was frustrating because Corey did everything he could. He went out of his way to make all of this happen. He was calling Aunt Linda from the payphone. Yeah. At school. Yeah. When he should have been getting prepared for math class. He should have been getting prepared for something. Mm-hmm. But it, they also, during this whole thing, make it very clear that this is going to be on Friday night. And at some point in this episode, Mr. Turner came to Corey and he said, hmm, $10 cover for... for History class tomorrow, Matthews. Oh, I thought he said Monday. No, he said tomorrow. Oh, I thought he said Monday, but it could be that he said tomorrow. It is. They tomorrow. have issues with time in this show. They do. Um, while the song is happening, wow. they pan over to a booth where there's like an elderly guy sitting there and he's sitting there going, oh, you know, this band could really go somewhere. And so now we're at the credit scene post credits post credits because the credits are running during this we always call it the post credit scene but technically it's just the credit scene because the credits are running during it that's true post credits would be like if we watch the credits and like boom surprise there's a scene now you big nerd keep going um so the the monkeys basically are taking everything down on from the stage and talking about how great they were and um but reginald is like so gordy i hear you have a really big house alan tells me you have a huge house with lots of rooms and gordy's like oh not as big as jedediah's house he has a guest house separate from the real house so they're trying to like pawn him off on each other when out of nowhere well and then peter says uh, oh, if you, if, you, if you if I see you on my street, you're a dead man. <laughs> um, and then out of nowhere comes the voice of Bernard Walton from Adventures in Odyssey. I wonder how many if you listen to our podcast and you just understood what she said or what it means. Please tell us. You know what's really cool? Everyone has Google, and everyone can be like, hmm. If I care enough, I wonder what Adventures in Odyssey is. That's true. So Bernard Walton from Adventures in Odyssey walks over and is like, oh, hey, guys, I happen to have a bus and blah, blah, blah. I would like to represent you guys. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. Was he the manager from the Partridge family? So then I looked it up and sure enough, he was definitely from the Partridge family, which I also watched when I was a kid. And I don't know how I watched the Partridge family and listened to Adventures in Odyssey and never once realized that Bernard Walton was Reuben? Reuben. I don't remember from, his name. from Partridge family. He was in every episode of the Partridge family. Yeah, but it's it's funny because Tanya was like, people were like clapping when he shows up on the scene. So you knew he was somebody. And Tanya was like, oh, it's because he's from Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> um, but... He, yeah, during his whole like soliloquy with the band, he's saying, yeah, it'd be nice to have a, a group that doesn't have a mom leading the group for once. Oh, yeah, he does say that. Um, so, yeah, that's how it ended. That is how it ended. Bernard Walton starts managing <laughs> the monkeys, minus one. But I guess he was all there. of them, he was there. He just wasn't on stage. Mm-hmm. So, um, how was this episode, Tanya? I loved this episode. Yeah, go ahead. 
I think the reason I loved it was the musicality at the end. Like, if they hadn't had that, I probably would be like, eh, it was a fine episode. But when Mickey Dolan starts singing, I'm like, yes, this is my favorite episode ever. Yeah, I, I think, and I, when we watched it the first time, I loved it. I think, if I remember correctly, I was kind of out of it. <laughs> but if, but the second time, for sure, like, I realized I love this episode so much, but it really kind of is similar to a lot of the things that we complain about in other episodes, where it's just mm-hmm. like, boom, 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 boom. None of this stuff matters. We're just trying to get to the point. And it, it, but it was written so well, and the characters were written very well. Um, Eric wasn't overly stupid, but he was stupid. But the, it was the, written by someone who knew the characters. The humor was fantastic, and that might just be a me thing to an extent. No, like the the sarcasm is so good, and the timing on it was all very good. Like Mr. Feeney's, except for the literal timing on it. Oh, except for that part. <laughs> yes, at somewhere they have a, a like a white erase board where they write all this stuff down, and like one of them looked like an eight, and one of them looked like a six. Um, <laughs> But otherwise, like, the the episode was so good. And Mr. Feeney's comedic timing was wonderful. There were, like, three jokes that he said that had me laughing out loud. And um, as we've seen, his guest appearance on Scrubs was also fantastic. I was waiting for you to bring that up. We also have been binge-watching Scrubs over the last week. What a relaxing and comforting television experience. I mean, Scrubs is one of the... Well, Scrubs' earlier seasons are some of the best TV ever in history. Uh, but we didn't, I didn't remember, and I don't think Tanya remembered. No, I for sure did not remember until you were like, whoa, wait a minute. And we were watching, it. we were watching an episode the other night and I rewinded it. I, yeah, I rewinded it. Is it rewinded or rewound? I don't know. But. We never have to do that anymore. Right. But it's because Mr. Feeney was in a hospital bed on scrubs and i was dishing like, what out in the some world? sarcasm dishing out some crazy sarcasm it was fantastic he had it out for that jd yeah let me tell you uh but i just i don't know i loved the whole episode and it was kind of light on a lot of characters but they were all used to their full potential yes uh, mr turner had like three lines and they were all very good mr turner lines topanga had like three lines and it was so peak topanga that it was the person who wrote it, which was Jeff Sherman, right? Or, yes. Um, he knows the characters very well. Their personalities, their quirks, like what they would have done in that situation. And it was so evident in this episode. Corey was the most Corey we've ever seen him. Yeah. And Eric was an asshole. Yeah, yeah Eric was the shitty older brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not so much the dumb older brother. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, Frankie was perfect. Frankie was perfect. Uh, but we did notice that over the last few weeks, they have definitely separated Frankie and Joey more. Last week, was- Joey was central to the story. This week, Frankie is there and Joey is not with him. And I'm wondering if it's because they both stopped being lackeys. Mm-hmm. Maybe they hang out outside of whatever they're doing, but they are not lacking together. So... They have their own enterprises. Well, yeah, and maybe, too, just writing these episodes, they had to make the... They wanted them in the episodes, Mm -hmm. but if they're both in the episode together, they kind of have to have more lines and and take up more time. So maybe separating them means, okay, we can have these guys in more if we just kind of limit who's in which episode. Right. Uh, Which so far is working, I think. Great. Right. We love them together, but we also love them separate. They're just great characters. Yeah. And, um, and such great actors. Yes. For the parts at least, but um, I don't know. I don't remember ever seeing Joey do anything else after this. I don't think so, but uh, Ethan Supley's been in everything on Earth. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I always think of him as more of a lighter character actor, but that guy has done every dark movie on the face of the planet, and I forget that because if I watch one of these movies, I never go back and watch it again. Well, he's also, I think, I don't know what you're talking about in specific, but a lot of times when he's in these, he is still kind of like a a breath of fresh air, but he's he's also good at staying on... um, on plot or at least yeah. like the feeling he still he still has the same feelings but also kind of lightens it a little bit so in the movies i'm talking about that is not the case um he is 
a skinhead in American History X. Oh, that's right. He is the goth kid in Butterfly Effect. Yeah. Um, and then he's in something else. Oh, he's one of the like drug dealer guys in Blow, which I definitely I've watched Blow once, American History X once, and Butterfly Effect once in my entire life. We'll never watch them again. I never saw Blow. Really? Yeah. It was huge when it came to. out. Yeah. It's not. I think it. by the time that came out, I was like, eh, I don't want these movies in my life. Yeah, I had to watch them. I was basically forced to watch them. Um, but I would never watch them again. But that just means his range is crazy. Yeah. And I think him getting big and buff means he's going to be in even more movies. Well, so that's what I want to talk about. Okay, let's talk. So recently there was an article where he talked about the fact that his weight loss has caused him caused him to lose roles because the roles that people call him for are roles for bigger guys. True. Um, but he has released a podcast. Has he? We it need to... starts officially on Let... January 8th. Listen here, everybody else in the world. Can you just let people do podcasts from their living room and from their bedrooms? You guys are too famous for this. Except I want to listen to this. Oh, no, I'm super going to listen. This isn't about acting at all. Um, it's called Ethan Soupley is an American glutton, and it follows his journey through um, being overweight, uh, going on crash diets, dealing with all of this. And this is just what I've gotten from the trailer, um, which I follow him on Instagram. I follow him on Twitter and I've seen him post the stuff. I don't think I realized it was a podcast until yesterday um, because they officially said it was coming out January 8th, which is in three days. Um, I'm not endorsing it because I don't know if it's good or not, but I will be listening to find out. And I think it's basically about him finding healthy ways to cope with things. Um, from what I've heard, he's going to talk about his addictions that he struggled with after surgeries and, and how that affected his self-worth and all of that. So it sounds like it's going to be really good and it has nothing to do with show business, really, which is why I um, don't mind it as him being a celebrity because I don't feel like it is something where he's like, oh, well, let's talk about Boy Meets World or let's talk about all the movies I was in. He's talking about a personal journey of his. So I'm interested to hear it. I always am afraid because what if I find out that this person that I love so much is actually a really bad person? But we'll see. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely be listening. But that's yeah. the problem. Like, there's only so much time in the day to listen to podcasts. And I already have so many I listen to. And people just keep putting them out. That's true. And here we are. Here we are putting, putting out them podcasts. Out. Uh, but I look forward to hearing it. But I, I just think it's probably detrimental for him in the in the short term as far as getting roles. Because he does always get cast as, like, the big guy with a heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Hopefully somebody will take a chance on him in, in with his real body, his new body, mm-hmm. and he'll he'll knock that out of the park because he's a fantastic actor. Right. And then from there, they people might start going, okay, we can we can call him for yeah. this other role. And he's been doing stuff. It's not like he hasn't had work. He's had tons of work. It's just not the work that he had when he was younger because he was playing the token big guy. He played the token big guy in every movie about football. That I can remember. Yeah. Um, And while that was probably... I mean, I'm sure we'll hear about that in his podcast if we listen to it. But, um, I mean, he does... He has a show on Hulu. He was in the movie that got shelved uh, for political reasons. Um, So he has a lot of work. It's just, I think, been more of a struggle than it was. Yep. But I'm really, I'm interested to listen to it. So anyway, it was a really good episode it of Boy Meets World. It was a really good episode. <laughs> um, I, I, I enjoyed it. It didn't have much of a message, but the, the message that was there was good. Um, you know, don't forget your parents. Don't forget your parents and don't plan a rave. Yeah, probably don't plan a rave, Eric. Um, don't try to be sneaky if you're an idiot. That's a lesson I learned. Yep. Don't try to be sneaky when you're an idiot. Yep. Um, anything else you want to say, Tanya? I don't think so. I mean, I guess you can find us. You can find us on Twitter at BMG and BMW. 
I haven't done it in so long. You should just let me do it. We should. You can find us on Twitter. At BMG and BMW. On Facebook. Type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World in the search bar. Email us. At BMG and BMW at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram. We've got a couple posts. Alden is manning it. I would like to say Alden posted, what did you say? Nine pictures fully last year in 2019? Four. Four. Four pictures on Alden's personal Instagram last year, and he is running the show's Instagram. So this is going to be a ride. Yep. I'm excited. But yeah, that's at BMG and BMW as well. Yep. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2020. 2020. 2019 is behind us. Let's make 2020 a good one. Mm-hmm. I hope we can. It's a scary start. Anyway, uh, this Find has been... Find things that make you happy in yes. 2020. Um, and stand up for what you believe in. Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 3, Episode 8. Class dismissed.